And a good Saturday morning. Those of you who may be tuning into this program for the first time, maybe found us accidentally flipping dials, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's kind of a new show. We've only been on for 33 years. It's also one of the few remaining free shows. That's right. No cable fees, no subscriptions necessary. If you've got a radio, you can listen to this program absolutely free. Of course, that's courtesy of our sponsors. It may be the longest-running radio show in Louisiana. I'm not sure. If somebody knows of one that's been run a little bit longer consistently without interruptions, let me know about it. We do have a text line where we welcome your incoming text, 504-260-1870. It comes real-time right here at the studio. We love to hear from you, get your fishing reports, your comments, your questions. Let us know who you are, where you are, what you got going on. And there is a lot going on today. Well, we got a duck season opening statewide here in Louisiana. The east zone now joins the west zone this morning. The entire state is open for waterfowl hunting. And surprisingly, reports over the last week or so has been pretty good. Uh, even though the population numbers nationwide are down drastically, uh, droughts up north, cold fronts, and good basic duck hunting weather conditions have uh, had a few hot spots here around the Louisiana area. Hope that continues. Uh, good luck to all of you out there duck hunting. Deer hunting, well, it's open now with the modern firearms in most areas of Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Get out there and get you some venison. And, of course, that winter fishing is kicked in. Uh, weather conditions, when I get to that, probably a little more conducive for hunting than fishing this morning. But that's not going to stop a lot of you. I know we've got the down in Cocodry, the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club Championship. Is scheduled for today. Brendan Bayard, one of our reporters, will have a report on that. We've also got some in-the-duck-blind reports coming from east and west. We're going to go to Buras, talk to Ryan Lambert. Uh, we got uh, Captain Kirk Stancil, Hackberry Rod and Gun. He'll be reporting over there from the Calcasieu area. I'll tell you a little bit about my Alabama quail hunt. I had a nice time last weekend, uh, some beautiful weather conditions, and found some wild coveys of quail, which is uh, pretty hard to find these days. Also, we're going to talk about some new research that's been uncovered. Uh, there's some surprising mental evaluations of college-age men and women, and see if you'll agree with me on what could be the solution to uh, very disturbing conditions. I'm calling it NDD. I'll explain to you later on what that's all about. And coming up next weekend, biggest fishing day of the year. Yeah, it's the biggest shopping day of the year. Always has been Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. But it's also, in case you didn't know, one of the biggest hunting and fishing days of the year, too, because pretty much everything's in season. What are your plans for next weekend? Text me. How are you going to spend your Thanksgiving holiday? Will it be in the outdoors, indoors? Got some cooking traditions, special fish and game dishes you might be trying. Again, that text number, make a note of it, 504-260-1870. Looking at your coastal marine forecast, and I'll tell you, this is – Classic winter-fall weather. We've got uh, some drizzly rain and clouds extending all the way across the Gulf Coast from Florida all the way to Corpus Christi, Texas. It's kind of following the I-10 trend line. If you're north of I-10, you're not going to see much rain. If you're south of I-10, could be some little bit of uh, some mixed-in showers. But for the most part, just that pesky, drizzly rain. Wind conditions offshore are not good, 15 to 25 out of the northeast, six-foot seas. Probably want to stay out of that as a Gulf uh, small craft advisory up through tomorrow evening. On the interior lakes and bays, those northeast winds will be 15 to 20 and choppy. 
clean water is going to be at a premium if you salt water fishing today. And, of course, if you're duck hunting, you like that wind, you like those overcast conditions, well, you got it. Tide range, nothing to write home about. A point three, not good. Mississippi River down low at 2.3 and holding steady. Stage is set. We'll be back with Glenn Sanchez, guest reporting for Robbie Campo, who been mighty quiet out of Kentucky. Haven't heard anything where he's deer hunting. Maybe Glenn will have an update on that as well as some fishing info you on the parish we call St. Bernard. It's next. Right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And normally at this time we kick off the show with Robbie Campo down at Campo's Marina. Uh, quite an establishment. Been there for almost a or maybe a little over 100 years. Uh, Blackie Campo, I knew his grandpa, and uh, Robbie's done a great job continuing the tra- tradition. But every now and then he sneaks off to do a little hunting, and that's what he's doing right now up in Kentucky, trying to bag some of that whitetail venison. So filling in for him is another familiar voice on this station, Glenn Sanchez who had the Breton Sound Marina for many, many years, and now he just fishes and talks about it. Hey, Glenn, it's a great gig. Hey, if you can Don, get good morning. <laughs> yeah, life is good. That's all I can say. Life is awesome. Well, you know, the difference between you and the weekend fishermen is when you get weekends with this kind of weather where it's going to be a little uncomfortable, you can stay at home and, and, and cook something on that big green egg. But when the weather's real nice during the week, you're free to go. So tell me this, exactly. Glenn. If somebody is just, just hasn't fished in, since summertime, you know, we've got a lot of people that don't fish a whole lot, and they're looking to get out maybe next weekend for that Friday. they got a little extra time off. Give them their best shot to put a few reds or specks in the boat. Well, it really depends on what type of wind you have. You know, that's that's the whole thing in the ball game right there is the wind. Whatever wind you have, you you have to fish for that wind. I mean, you know, if you have a southeast wind, you can fish one side of shoreline. And if you have a northwest wind, you got you, you better stay home. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, you know, really. It, you, you, you just need to know a lot of places. I just keep trying places, and a lot of times, if the wind's blowing in one direction, the side that it's coming from is going to be clean in in a pond. Like if it's blowing from the north, the north side of the pond is going to be clean. The south side of the pond is going to be dirty because that's the way the the waves are hitting. So what you want to do is fish the north side, and a lot of times the north side will be deeper. So this time of year, we're really talking about kind of staying on the inside. You know, Muscle Bay, Pete's Lagoon, uh, Bayou Lutre, some of those areas. And uh, getting out into the sound probably is not going to be a good idea, given these weather conditions. This this time of year, there's no reason to go out in the sound because normally you can catch fish in the, in the interior marsh somewhere. You just have to sometimes look for them. And, uh, you know, you look for the birds, and if, if you see birds, go give it a shot. You, a lot of times they'll have them fish under the birds because they're pushing them shrimp to the top, you know. And uh, go ahead. Well, you and I have fished, I don't know, 100 times or so. Uh, a lot of times you go with the cork. A lot of times you go tight line. When do you decide which to do? 
when I don't get a bite on the cock, I go to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Especially if somebody else on the boat's doing the opposite thing and they're catching fish, right? Well, you know, like we went fishing the other day. Mike and I went fishing the other day. And we were there before the sun came up. When the sun came up, he went to a cock. I went to the bottom. He started fishing, catching fish on the cock. I put my bottom rig up and picked up my cock rig and started catching fish on the cock. <laughs> but then the week before, I caught most of them on the bottom. And then he had to switch over to the bottom. So you never know, but you got to try it. You know, you don't know till you go. Absolutely. So, now, so. Th- this time of year, Glenn, live bait versus plastic. What's your theory? Well, they still have plenty of shrimp in the water, and they still hitting the shrimp. And I find that they hit the shrimp better than they hit the plastic most of the time because I don't have to work as hard. I'm, I'm getting to be a lazy fisherman. I just want to throw my <laughs> cock out there and pop it once or twice. I don't want to pop it all day long and all day long with a piece of plastic on it. I, I want to catch a fish, you know. So but there are those rare times when, when the – there's those rare times when the plastic outfishes the shrimp, and it might be those times where they that? want a lot more motion, you know? Well, well, what happens this time of the year, every time you have a front, more and more bait leaves, and so, so there's less bait in the water. So they get to the point where they're hungry, they hit movement. they hit hitting anything that moves because they don't have the bait in the water like they used to, you know? I mean, like in September... It's hard to catch fish on plastic because they got so much bait in the water. But as as these fronts come through, with less and less baits here, so you know you got a better chance of catching them on the plastic. A lot of that's common sense. Good advice, Glenn. Glenn, what about duck hunting, Biloxi Marsh? Have you talked to anybody that's doing any good? Let me tell you. This morning I, I got up and I drove to Shell Beach, and they had a whole bunch of duck hunters going down to the marina, and I, I get. Every every morning since duck season, they wake me up with 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 uh, gunshots. You know, so they they must be killing ducks because they hunting every day. And yesterday I was going toward Jonathan's, and they had some guys, and they were cleaning. They looked like gray ducks, a whole bunch of gray ducks. And I've seen some bunch of ducks flying in the marsh, not like it was forty years ago, but a whole lot better than it was three years ago or two years ago. Yeah, well, just because they're shooting don't mean they're hitting, but at least they're shooting. That means there's something (laughs) out there they're shooting at. Yeah, it's been surprising. You know, they were predicting a really poor season, and it probably would be if we didn't have this, what I call good duck weather. We had some early fronts. There's some hard temperatures up north of here, and it's driving a lot of them birds out of those flooded cornfields coming down here, and people are getting some action. That's good. I think think the drought has more to do with it than anything. It's because they they can't have much water up there. We don't have any down here in the the river. So the birds are looking for that water, so they're going to come down, hopefully. Yep. Well, let's hope that continues. Any reports out of Kentucky from our uh, big game hunter? Supposedly he shot a 10-point last week. And uh, I, I didn't see the picture. FJ, I was t- talking to FJ, and that's what FJ told me, that he sent him a picture of a 10-point that he shot. So, But I haven't heard any more. He's keeping it to himself. Well, I'm sure we'll hear the story when he gets back. Oh, yeah. You know, when he's up there, he don't want to be bothered with anybody, and I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him either. You know exactly what that marina life is like, and it's it's pretty oh, doggone yeah, hectic. Yeah, when you can get a... When you can get away, it's a wonderful thing. And I've been away for going on six years. It's fantastic. Wow. 
<laughs> been that long, huh? Well, I'm glad you're enjoying yeah. it, and uh, thanks for filling in for Robbie when we need you. We really appreciate it, Glenn. Not a problem. But if anybody's going out in this type of weather, just remember you cannot get wet. Make sure you have a rain suit or some type of protection. You cannot get wet in the wintertime. That's how you catch hypothermia and you really get yourself in trouble. Absolutely. So. Wise words from a man who knows. Glenn, thanks again. Uh, hope to see you soon. Take care, buddy. All right, Don. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. Glenn Sanchez updating us from uh, Campos Marina down to Shell Beach. All right. We come back. Uh, going to get to some of your text messages. Shoot us one, 504-260-1870. Heading into a Thanksgiving week and that big Black Friday day, what you got going on. I'm also going to explain to you what NDD is. A lot of people have been asking lately. We'll be back to talk about it right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, regular listeners of this program know that uh, we have incorporated our text board into a very important part of this program. It's how we communicate with the most listeners that we possibly can in the time we have allotted. And that number is 504-260-1870. We invite you to comment on a number of topics. We'll throw some out there, some you create on your own, and we love to hear from you. And over the years, I've kind of accumulated a list of, of some of our regulars. <laughs> some of them have pretty creative names like uh, the Snake Doctor, uh, Hollywood, the Worm, Pinball. we got the Old Colonel from Redwood, Mississippi, uh, the Algiers Angler, Big Lou in the Slough, uh, the Silver Hill guy, Tomato Lady. Well, that reminds me, tomato, I haven't heard from Ann, the Tomato Lady, lately. Uh, she usually uh, texts us when she's coming over hunting from down south. Uh, and if you're still around listening, let us know. 504-260-1870. And we're hearing from some of those regulars this morning, like Toby. Toby's been with us for a number of years, and he starts off with, What's up, Big Don? It's Toby. I'm up in the SIP. A.K.A. Mississippi, hopefully about to lay the hammer down on that big buck. Couldn't ask for better weather. Love the show. Yeah, well, you know, even though it's breezy and chilly and going to be drizzly and rainy, when you've got those shooting houses that most people deer hunt out of now, even some of those pop-up ground blinds, they're pretty comfortable, they're weatherproof, and you can sit in that stand for hours on end and uh, wait for that deer. wish I had that much patience. <laughs> I'm pretty good on a deer stand for a couple of hours, but, boy, those all-dayers, I don't know. If you're seeing plenty deer coming and going and you, you're passing up on the ones you don't want, that's one thing. It goes by pretty quick. But, boy, when you hunt in areas, a lot of them like I do where the deer movement is pretty sparse, boy, it can, it can get kind of boring. I guess I catch that from today's young people. More on that later, too, by the way. Here's a, a happy Thanksgiving from Central Florida. Don, been listening to you for those 33 years. You're a great ambassador for hunting, fishing, and conservation. And we'll be sending your check, Bill Smith, next week. He says keep up the great work. Seriously, Bill, we're glad to hear you listen to us over there in Central Florida. It's quite a compliment. Uh, here's one of our regulars, the River Rat. He says, good morning, Mr. Don. Great show as usual. And here's one who is finally listening again. Where'd you go? Oh, he's been cowboy action shooting, but he doesn't have any today. Good to hear you. That is from another one of our listeners, the Rising Outlaw. Good to hear from you, Outlaw. And let's see, we have uh, David from Mobile, Alabama. He's spending Thanksgiving week up in north in Wisconsin at the family hunting camp. To go deer hunting on Thanksgiving Day, always a good time in the snow. 
Wow, that's interesting up there in uh, Wisconsin. Got some big deer up there. And yet another one of our regular texters and listeners, Justin, in the Gentilly Refuge, he kind of oversees wildlife in a, in a pretty much an urban environment in Gentilly in New Orleans, but he is observing and he catches a lot of wildlife. You can do that in small areas, by the way. You'd be surprised what wildlife can coexist with humanity in suburban and even urban areas. Uh, he enjoyed watching Bayou Wild TV this morning. Well, thank you. He says, now he knows what Captain Ryan Lambert looks like. And you're still going to listen and watch the show after that, Justin? Uh, Ryan is featured on uh, to this week's program. We did a, a show on, you know, we talk about it on the air every every Saturday morning with Ryan about how the the river that has spilled over into his hunting area has created pretty much a, a waterfowl paradise. It's like an oasis. Uh, just a short distance on the west side of the Mississippi River, if you go over there, there's nothing but sticks and, and oyster reefs. Uh, no more marsh, no more feed for the ducks, and then you just cross the river where he's hunting, and it's so lush and sweet-smelling and full of birds. So anyway, we did a feature there about that with a fellow named Matthew Waggisback. We This was just recent teal season, and you get to see his retriever dog, too, and um, you know, it's a great program, Bayou Wild TV. Check it out, BayouWildTV.com. In fact, uh, I'm happy to tell you we have a new affiliate that will be airing that program this morning at 6.30. For those of you listening in the Lafayette area on KPEL, our Lafayette affiliate, at 6.30 on KADN Television, Fox 15, uh, Bayou Wild TV will premiere. We'll be there every Saturday morning from 6.30. And uh, Justin brings up a very good question. I'm glad you asked this. He says, are retrievers trained or does it come naturally? That's a subject we're going to talk about when we come back from this next break. So stick around. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, now that we are definitely in full swing in the deer season, I want to remind you, uh, Double D, the processor there in Bogalusa, is put on their deer contest. It's wide open. It opened up in the archery season in October. We'll continue all the way through February before they do a drawing from all entries for a branding white gold medallion 270 rifle with a 3x9 loophole scope mounted on it. So if you want to win that, uh, for every deer or hog you get processed, you get a free entry. So that goes along with it. That's Double D in Bogalusa, their uh, contest to win that browning white gold medallion and the rifle scope. All right, Justin had a very interesting question about retrieving dogs, and we're going to talk more about that. I'll also get to some more of your texts. They're really coming in now at 504-260-1870. Who you are, where you are, what your plans are for this weekend, and maybe next weekend with the big Thanksgiving coming up. A lot of people are going to be spending a lot of time in the outdoors, and also we're going to talk about uh, NDD, explain to you what that is and uh, it came to mind this week when I, I heard a very disturbing report on the news. We'll be talking about that. But first, what we need to do is pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And uh, this week's uh, Bayou Wild TV episode is about teal hunting and down in Puris. And you'll hear from Captain Ryan Lambert from his duck blind in the next hour. They're probably getting ready to cross the Mississippi River and get out there in the blind as we speak right now. But I brought up a question from Justin about retrievers. He said, are retrievers trained or does it come naturally? Well, the answer to that, Justin, is both. Um, a retriever has it naturally. Um, in some more than others, 
but there's a natural instinct to go fetch and bring it back. Now, the training part is the discipline. Uh, It goes along hand-in-hand with the natural instinct to retrieve. So you have to teach them here, sit, stay, come, release. Um, Some are whistle-trained. They take hand signals. They're taught to get out in the water. And if they did not see where the duck fell, if they did, they go straight to it, retrieve it, and bring it back. But if not, they'll go out there into the pond, turn around, and look for the owner. And the owner will give them a hand signal, right, left, or back. And the dog follows those. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And we'll probably get Brian Lambert to do a, a little you know, demonstration on duck uh, dog retrievers. Uh, his brother-in-law is the actual trainer. Uh, I know several that are professional trainers. Uh, I've trained some retrievers in my time. Now, I don't get them as nearly finished and polished as the professionals do, where they are strictly whistle-trained and uh, obedient to a fault. But if I get a dog that will go back and find a bird and has the heart to go get it and bring it back and uh, let me take it from its mouth, uh, I figure it's done its job. And um, mainly lately, uh, my retrievers have been done by German Shorthair Pointers. Uh, Smokey is my current dog. Uh, Gracie, I had to put her down after 16 years earlier this year. Uh, She actually did double duty. She would uh, swim in the water and go fetch ducks as well as uh, point and retrieve quail and woodcock and pheasant. Smokey's not real big on the water. She'll go in if she has to, but she'd rather stay on dry land. So that's kind of the story on retrievers. Yes, they're born with it naturally, but it has to be refined, and the obedience part of it uh, not only makes them more efficient but also keeps the dog safe and out of trouble. All right, here's uh, Ed Miller, our listener over in Wilmer, Alabama. Says, glad you had a good quail hunt over here in Alabama. No big plans for Thanksgiving, but I am trying to hunt. Uh, Glad your recovery's coming along, Ed, and you'll be back out there sitting out waiting on those deer before you know it. Yeah, I had a a good quail hunt. Uh, Dean Galatis, my friend, and uh, he is the owner of Smokey's sister, which is, her name is Latte. She's also a German shorthair. We took our dogs over to Alabama. Uh, in the uh, Westmobile area with a, a good friend, Sean Sullivan. Uh, and you may have recognized that name if you're listening to us in Alabama. He's the owner of the radio station that you listen to this program on, WAVH, uh, Talk 106.5. But he is a very avid outdoorsman, and he had some wild quail populations, some coveys on his property. Uh, we managed to locate two of them, and we knocked down three. And I tell you, that is a successful hunt these days. If you're looking for wild quail. Uh, and next week I'll be going to Poplarville to Crane Creek. Uh, that is a hunting preserve. Uh, next best thing. But unfortunately, uh, wild quail hunting has pretty much for all intents and purposes in, in most areas, especially in Louisiana, has gone away. So wherever you find a good habitat, though, and uh, not too high of a predator level, you can still find some wild quail and nothing like that, particularly around Thanksgiving time. Thanks for that text, Ed. We appreciate it. And another Alabama text, the Backstrap Stacker. That's another one of our regulars. He's checking in. He's headed to the Piney Woods over in Clark County, Alabama, on the chilly first morning of gun season. Good luck to everyone in the woods this weekend in Alabama. Yeah, you guys got a long season. And I know your rut really doesn't get going until mid to late January. That's prime time 
in Alabama, but not to say there won't be some uh, deer hitting the dirt for sure <clears throat> today. All right, I got lots more text, and we'll get to some of those when we come back. And also, I promise you, I'm going to tell you what NDD is and why I brought that up this morning. We'll be back to do all of that stuff and get some more fishing reports. Mike Gallo, Ryan Lambert, uh, Captain Kirk, Brendan Bayard, they're all still ahead right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio Network. All right, looking at our text board, another Alabama. Alabama's dominating the board this morning. Well, they didn't dominate the field recently. <laughs> That's another story for another day. Uh, this one says, good morning, Don. I want to give a shout-out to my nephews, Oliver and Joseph Hubble, who bagged their first doe and buck, respectively, in a hunting trip to Michigan. Oliver even made the local news, not as a bad boy, thank goodness. Uh, they live in Kansas, definitely have caught the outdoors bug. Now to get them down to Louisiana or Alabama for some fishing. Thanks. That's David Hubble listening to us from Hubble's Hearth in Alabama. And, yeah, sounds like those boys uh, definitely got the bug. Well, there are a lot of people who evidently have not. And and I saw some stats in the news this week that was pretty disturbing. Now, get these numbers. 60% of college-age students are mentally disturbed to the point of needing psychiatric care. 60%, 135% increase in anxiety. And I don't know if you've heard this, but it's the first time I've ever heard it. A new mental condition, as if we didn't have enough, known as range anxiety. Range anxiety, I am told, is people who own electric cars have anxiety about whether they will have enough juice to make it to the next charging station. So this is yet another form of stress and anxiety. What's the causation of that? What's different in today's society? Well, we've got social media. That's got to be number one. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all this different Twitter, Fritter, all this stuff that they've got that they spend so much time on in that little world inside of a glass case instead of getting into the great outdoors. I call it... NDD, Nature Deficit Disorder, they just don't get enough of the real world. Um, And I look at at kids who get out and fish and hunt or hike and paddle or take photographs in the outdoors or they like to go camping. They are so much more, I guess you'd say, mentally adjusted than, than the ones that are strictly into the computers, into the iPads, and all the, the other devices they've got that basically make the world, although much bigger, much, much smaller. And, and I think the answer is getting these kids out there. And my question to you is, you know, some kids take to it like ducks to water. I mean, they just love it. They naturally go with the flow. Other kids will never do it, and I understand that. It's not for everybody. But how do you get your kids interested in hunting and fishing if they're not um what did you do to get your kids interested and got them turned around and uh spend as much if not more time in the outdoors i mean i realize with today's society and uh, the workplace and what goes on at the educational facilities at schools that it's important that they, they have to do it i mean you've got to do it i'm i've been dragged kicking and screaming into the technology world uh, because I it, 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 it's required of what I do but given the choice I don't know there's a lot of good things about social media 
uh, increasing the amount of communication and how it's done and the speed with which it's done, but it's also got a lot of bad things. So I think the best we can hope for is a proper balance and overcome what I describe as nature deficit disorder. Keep that in mind when you're thinking about bringing your kids out. By the way, what's your plans for next week? Uh, we got a big Thanksgiving holiday. You're going to spend part of it in the outdoors, most of it. Or are you going to be doing some cooking, visiting, traveling? We'd love to hear from you. Won't be able to hear it from you until after Thanksgiving when we come on next Saturday. So do it now, 504-260-1870. All right, let's say i got some more texts coming in. This is from Gary. He's taking the boys to work, and they were wishing they were going fishing. Happy holidays, Don, and uh, same to you guys, Gary. And we got this one from the big man Bass in another regular one. Any word on the bridge repair? Heading down to the East Pearl Boat Launch. Nothing yet, Big Band Bassin. Nothing yet. And here's one says, Don, are people still saying the redfish have gone extinct? Well, I don't think they went that far about extinction, but uh, there were a lot of questions raised about the health of the population of redfish in Louisiana. And I don't know, it looks like it may be displacement more than lack of population. Maybe a certain age class uh, got hurt by some of the storms. Uh, This person says, oh, it's the Crab Whisperer. He's another regular. I figured out where they all went, but I'll keep that spot to myself to conserve the population. Very nice of you, Crab Whisperer, and thanks for texting in. All right, here's one says, uh, Don, really, we should be thankful for all God has given us. No doubt about it, and that's why we set Thanksgiving Day aside to do that. Uh, The Irish Coon Ass, another one of our many, many regulars with a handle. He says, Happy Thanksgiving Blessing to you and yours for me and mine. At the honey camp, still listening to the show, great as always. And here's one from a, a, a long-time listener, a guy I finally got to meet when we went uh, speckle belly goose hunting up in Stuttgart. LT from Lafitte, he and his buddies, a great bunch of guys. We had a good time up there hunting together. He says, it sounds like a few trout are moving closer in, and the reds are starting to heat up. It also sounds like there's a few ducks on Salvador Management Area. How long has it been since we've talked about that? That was one of the greatest duck hunting places in South Louisiana, public property. It's a WMA. Went there many, many times. Uh, Hyacinths caused some problems. Uh, Now, I don't know, some people say the diversions have actually had a negative impact on Salvador. But, you know, I think it's fair to say that Louisiana has uh, the entire Gulf area of Louisiana has suffered in duck populations over the years. A lot of reasons for it, and another topic we'll take on another day. All right, we got plenty of text. We'll get to those, but we got a fishing report coming up next with Captain Darrell Carpenter. He'll check out Grand Isle for us right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Now, one of the regular spots we get fishing reports for is the Grand Isle area. Also includes Fouchon and those areas surrounding there, Leeville. And Daryl Carpenter is a guy with RealScreamers.com who keeps tabs on it. Daryl, that weather has been uh, moving across from the west to the east and looks like we still got a lot behind it. So we got a while before that light, drizzly rain and cloud and wind gets out of here. What do we do till then? Uh, Don, I mean, man, <laughs> I can't remember when we've, we've had a solid week. It's been a long time since we've had a solid week of such brutal weather as what we've had on Grand Isle. And look, it, it hasn't been the wet stuff falling from the sky. It hadn't been lighting or anything like that. But just the constant wind. I mean, uh, the island's been getting beat to death. But just since it stormed last week, the island's been just, I mean, it's been brutal. It's got everything 
dirtied up. It's got the water. You know, we're on a high tide range where we were this week. So it's got you've had that extra turbidity in the water. So it's got it all messed up and muddy. And it looks like it's going to be that way for a little while, even as this little system passes. It looks like you're, you know, we're going to finally start getting a break in this wind and this weather, probably come about Turkey Day, Wednesday or Thursday. So, you know, what? what's one of the most popular fishing days of the year is going to be a really good day, it should be. Um, things are a little messed up. A lot of our the, the water temperature has started dropping way down. Like this morning, it's in the 50s. Those trout have started, what, the trout that we were catching have started moving north, I'm sure, because we have not spent a whole lot of time on the water in these conditions. Um, the I'm getting reports that all the way up to, to Lafitte, all the way up Bayou DuPont, all the way up Little Lake and all those areas, the trout have shown up in big numbers. So a lot of our trout have gone ahead and made that wintertime move to the north. We've got sheephead starting to show up. And you've got, uh, you know, we're going to see what the redfish season turns into. We've we've had a whole lot of 14, 15-inch reds earlier in the year. We've had a whole lot of bulls. There just wasn't a whole lot in between. Uh, hopefully some of those 15-inch fish from earlier, you know, August, September, are starting to cross that 16-inch line to where we'll have some table fare to bring back. But, uh, you know, it was interesting. I heard you talking earlier about, you know, plastic. I think it was Glenn you were talking to, plastic or are live you know this time of the year we were talking about the decrease in bait for the um for the last two three months don we've been fishing almost exclusively plastic and been doing very well but around grand isle this time of the year when you start getting into this, these windy periods now's when we kind of start going back to either the live bait at least as i do i'll go back to start either the live bait and or the market bait Number one, we're starting to throw the sheephead into the box. Number two, the water's kind of getting so dirty with all this wind events that you want to add that extra stink to it to help that fish find it. Darrell, when uh, that sheephead run gets going good, we'd like to come down in and film a show with you. I think this is a, an opportunity. I think it's a very underutilized species. The name doesn't help it at all. You know, they tried to change it to Rondo Seabrim and, you know, to try to give it a little bit more exotic and flavorful Bay name. Snapper and everything Bay Snapper, which uh, FDA doesn't allow that because it's not really a member of the Snapper family. But it's a great fish. It's a hard-fighting fish. There's no size limit. There's no bag limits. It's a little difficult to clean, but you do a great job on them. But I'd like to demonstrate how to go catch them and, you know, how to clean them and what to do with them and that type of thing. When is that really going to get rolling? Because, you know, in the wintertime, boy, that's when it really comes around. Yeah. I mean, anytime if you if you got to use one hand swatting gnats and the other hand to fish, then it's sheephead season. And uh, it is you know, it's going to do nothing but increase now as the wintertime comes up until about that March period where those fish really gang up real hard and move out to the to the close-in offshore rigs so to do their spawning. And, you know, the thing is there, you can really go out there and have a banner trip on them in that time period, but that's when the first of our springtime trout will start to show up. So you got to fight between do I go out here sheephead fishing or do I go find where them trout will start to gang up. Right. Well, let's hope that uh, your prediction for the weather to, to brighten up a little bit and uh, come around Thanksgiving and uh, Black Friday and all next weekend. It's a long weekend for people until then. Uh, unless they got to go, maybe do some deer or duck hunting or do some freshwater fishing for the white perch. But uh, hopefully it'll, it'll yeah. materialize because I know that there can be some phenomenal fishing down in those marshes if you just get a little bit in the right conditions. 
Oh, I, I predict the side of the road. If this weather stay, if our weather pattern stays like this, the side of the road is going to start picking up here in the next two weeks. The side of the road is going to start having some tremendous good reports coming out of it. Darrell, realscreamers.com, my website. That's the two sites they can find out a lot about you. But if they want to talk to you one-on-one, give them the telephone number to call and inquire about trips. Yeah, just pick up the phone and call 225-937-6288. That's 937-6288, area code 225. Darrell, thanks again. We always appreciate you updating us. Try to stay warm this weekend, and happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Don't eat too much of that big bird now. Uh, you count that you can count on because that's <laughs> not my favorite meal. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darrell. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. There he goes, Captain Darrell Carvin. All right, we come back. I uh, got some text, some comments on uh, my coining the phrase NDD, Nature Deficit Disorder. We'll get to some of those. Also, some text on some local reports, some comments, some questions. If you got one, it's five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. Also got some fishing reports to answer some of your questions. Mike Gallo will update us on the Metro New Orleans area. Brendan Bayard's got the Paddler's Report, and Ryan Lambert takes care down the tip of the boot. Kirk Stansel's on the west end of the state. Hackberry Rod and Gun, those guys are in the duck blinds. We'll get their reports coming up in the second hour of the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.